What's up, family? We are here. This is the Truth and Transparency Podcast. I am your host, Minister Matt, and I am so thankful that you decided to tune in today. And if you clicked on this by mistake, that was the Holy Spirit. Stick around. Truth and Transparency. What is that? Truth. We believe that's the Word of God also known as Jesus Christ. Transparency. We're going to be as open, as see-through, as genuine as possible. It's more than time for us to start being more transparent on our walk with God. I know we got some heat cooking today. I can feel it. I hope you can feel it. Let's get straight into it. Let's go. Hello, all. Welcome again to the Truth and Transparency Podcast. This is episode one. We made it here finally. Thank God. Took some took a while. Um, this has been in the works for a while. But praise God, we made it. Let's get right into it. The topic for today is black forgiveness. Um, and before we even dive into it, I want to start by saying that if you're not black, it's okay. <laughs> um Overall, the topic here is supernatural forgiveness. So um, don't by any means, by any stretch, think that because the topic, the title is Black Forgiveness, that um, this does not apply to you. Prayerfully, the God speaks to you and something resonates with you throughout this message. Um, and it could just be beneficial for you to listen to anyhow. Okay, let's get into it. But I wanted to talk about Black Forgiveness Okay, this is a topic that's been on my mind for a few months now, um, and it really sparked from the outrage that I've noticed from the Botham Jean case, where Botham Jean was killed by an officer um, who was in in his home. The officer, you know, came in and killed him, and then um, you see, and after the hearing, that his brother Botham's brother had the ability to forgive the officer for her wrongdoing. I mean, outrage came from this um, because of this expectation it seems to forgive, this expectation that only seems to be on black people to forgive those that have offended us in some way, um, some form. So I I saw a lot of outrage on all forms of social media. um, And one of the things I realized even in the midst of reading an article that came out regarding this, it, it spoke on sort of this this weakness that black people have because of Christianity um, and the expectations to forgive our oppressors, to forgive our offenders, and it, it makes us weak. That was the overall argument of this article and overall argument of so many people that um, whose comments that I've heard and so I wanted to speak on it and speak on black forgiveness specifically, but overall supernatural forgiveness. I, first of all, I like to say that I don't believe the problem is really with forgiveness. I think, first of all, we need to realize the root of our frustration. And here in these type of cases, I think the the root of the frustration, the root of the anger comes with this expectation, this societal expectation to quickly forgive and to do so in a public manner. In many of these cases, whether it was Botham Jean, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, uh, so many of these cases, 
it's been publicly asked of the loved ones of um, people who have been senselessly murdered if they forgive the offender, if they forgive the murderer. Um, and many times they say yes, some cases they say no. Um, and many times it's associated with the forgiveness of Jesus Christ for us. Um, and I think the root of the problem here is this expectation by others to answer that question nicely and to be well-mattered in our answer. It could really come off as it's a ridiculous question. I think that is where the anger is. In many of these other forms of cases, um, whether you deal with other races, other ethnicities, other scenarios, it is not often a question um, asked to the loved ones who are closest to the victim, do they forgive the oppressor? Do they forgive the one who offended them? I think this is where our problem truly lies, this expectation to quickly and publicly forgive, but not in forgiveness in itself. So I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that it is wrong that we have this public expectation um, to be forgiving, to have this forgiving spirit at all times. And the main reason I agree that this is wrong, my problem with it is the fact that really this question comes off to bring comfort to the offender and to those that relate most with the offender. It is not to bring any form of comfort per se to those who relate more closely with the offended, um, no matter what the case may be. That is the root of this issue. The fact that even in the midst of a life-changing, a traumatic, horrendous accident or situation, you're looking for your own form of comfort from someone else's pain. That, I believe, is the root of our issue. Again, not in forgiveness itself. When we think about forgiveness itself, in many cases, it is an act of supernatural power. In many cases, we are not acting in our own strength as Christians when we are to forgive. Because when you think of it, it's human inclination to be in this equilibrium mode. It's human desire to be comfortable, to be pleased. Um, so many times you even see it now within our culture, this desire to continuously please ourselves. And I think that when you look at forgiveness in most cases, that falls outside of comfort, that falls outside of the norm. Many times our flesh would like to tell us that um, because we've been offended, because we've been hurt, that the most satisfying option is to hold on to that resentment. In fact, many times we believe that we deserve to hold on to that resentment. We have a right to hold on to that anger. We have a right not to forgive. And that comes from this human desire to be in a state of comfort, to be in a state of pleasing ourselves. Um, and so when you think about forgiveness, it, it asks us to step outside of that, right? And to forgive others. And again, there's this argument that Christianity weakens black people or Christians in general because we have this expectation um, put on us by Jesus to forgive others. And I think this speaks more to a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is really all about. We look at scripture. Of course, forgiveness is all throughout scripture. It's all throughout the Bible. 
but um, just a few passages, starting with Mark chapter 11, verse 25. It says in the New Living Translation, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. This is a very clear, direct statement. The statement says, forgive those that have hurt you before you pray to me because I have forgiven you. God has forgiven us. So, of course, we are to forgive those who have hurt us, who have done us wrong before we even communicate with him. That's how serious God is about forgiveness. And then if we look at the story in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, you should take some time to read it. Sometime I will not. But here, Peter, a disciple of Jesus, is asking him, how many times should I forgive those who have did me wrong? Should I forgive them seven times? Um, seven is often the number of completion throughout the Bible. But yet Jesus tells him, no, that's ridiculous. Forgive them 70 times, seven times. Um, and really the statement here, the implication is that you forgive them infinitely. Like you always continue to forgive others. There is no set limit on how often you forgive anyone who's done you wrong. And then Jesus goes on to tell this parable of this story um, describing a servant um, who had did not have enough money to pay back his Lord. Lord is another word for ruler or master. Um, and this time when we talk about these words, we're referring to uh, being indebted towards a person. A person becomes your Lord if you owe them money um, and you tend to have to work off your payment in biblical times. Um, so we have a servant here who has a tremendous amount of debt with his uh, master, his, his Lord, and he has no way of paying him back. Um, so he begs for the forgiveness uh, and the, the mercy of his Lord, um, saying that he's not able to pay it back at this moment, and this, the Lord forgives him. He, he shows compassion, and he forgives him of his debt completely. He wipes it away. Every single dollar, every single cent that he owed, he wiped it away. His slate is clean. He is now free. But what does the servant do next? This servant decides to not be grateful and to express his gratefulness. He decides to go immediately find the people that owe him money. Sounds a lot like us. We know how we are. As soon as we get in some trouble, we want to... Bro, you still owe me $5 from fourth grade. I don't know if you remember, but I paid for you to get a bag of chips and a milk back in fourth grade. And you still owe me that $4 and I'm going to need that. That's how we are many times. But he goes and he pays for, I mean, I'm sorry. He goes and he requests the money that someone else owes him. And of course, this servant does not have it either. The servant said, please just give me more time. I'll pay it back to you. And he tells him, no, absolutely not. You're going to be in prison until you pay off your debt. That's ridiculous. This man just received the compassion of his Lord, but yet now he goes and he afflicts the, the pain and the torture that should have been on him to another person. And he tells him, you're going to be locked up until you can pay your debt off. Word gets back to the first Lord and the Lord hears about it. And he says, what? I can't believe this guy. Um, and so he calls him back and he tells him, how dare you not show the same compassion that I shown you? Now you're going to be locked up 
until you can pay off your debt. You'll be tortured in prison until you can pay off every dollar you owe me. And this is the, the story that Jesus gives when it comes to forgiveness. How dare us be forgiven of our sin and accepted into the heir of Christ, the family and the body of God, but yet we feel so entitled to hold on to whatever wrongdoings others have against us. This is the story that he gives in, in, in comparison. If we feel so righteous that we can't forgive others, then we can't be forgiven. That's the moral of the story here. Um, so we, we're, it's clear how God feels about forgiveness. But yet at the same time, I would like to mention that this forgiveness is a supernatural act, meaning it cannot be done in our own strength. It requires the strength of Christ. It's the whole purpose of it being supernatural. So we need God to work his work through us. Because if it's up to us, we're going to keep being angry. You ever been angry at somebody for so long? You never remember what you was angry about? I used to be like that with my brother. Like, man, I just want to hold on to his grudge. We're not talking. We're not hanging out. We're not playing around. Had no idea why we angry with one another. Then eventually you get to a point where you, hopefully you get to a point where you just laugh about it. Like, man, what are we even mad about? It don't make no sense. So that's how we are as humans. Uh, we'll hold on to it as long as we can if we were able to. It takes God to help us have this forgiving spirit. And it's clear through scripture that we're called to forgive how God forgives. But when we think about that some more, then we realize that forgiveness actually doesn't have much to do with the offender. And it has everything to do with the offended. We look at how God forgave us, God being the offended in this case, forgave us of our sin before we even thought to ask about it. We, we never even had the mental capacity to ask for this forgiveness. We weren't even here. We weren't born. <laughs> and yet God forgave us of our sin. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sin so that we could be in right standing with him. Now, we still have to receive this gift. We have to receive his forgiveness and ask for it um, and accept it. But the price was actually already paid before we even learned that there was a price to pay. Christ didn't forgive us because we deserve it. Not by any means a stretch. We do not deserve it. That is what the gospel is all about. But yet he forgave us because it's in his nature. His nature is love and he wants to forgive us. We must be the same way. Our nature must now become a God nature. Another point that I've witnessed and heard repeatedly that forgiveness is a sign of weakness and that has weakened the black people um, throughout history and that is continuing to weaken us now and i believe the exact opposite of truth it's really a sign of strength same thing i hear for christians many times we're looked at as weak because it's an expectation that we'll forgive others um, but it's the exact opposite remain encouraged. The exact opposite is strength. Forgiveness is a strength. God knew what he was doing when he told us to forgive. I mean, we have to trust in that. The forgiveness gives us the strength and the freedom to remove the weights of anger, revenge, resentment, confusion. It, it gives us this, it gives us the freedom to remove those weights from our lives. I don't know if you've ever held a grudge but I'm telling you, which I'm sure you have, 
that weight is burdensome, right? It's, think about it. You're holding on to this anger, and most likely the offender isn't thinking anything of it. They're living life. They're free. And yet you're holding on to this anger that's keeping you up at night. It's affecting your sleeping habits. It's affecting your eating habits. It's affecting your health overall. You can't get it out of your mind in many cases. That We're free from that when you have this ability to forgive and you forgive others. I must say that forgiveness is not going to immediately free us from anger or revenge or confusion or resentment. But forgiveness is the key. Forgiveness gives us the key to open the door of possibilities of free, being free of anger and all of those things. Forgiveness is that first step. Another point I like to mention is that forgiveness allows us to form a sort of relatability to one another. Forgiveness reminds us of our humanness. Many times as humans, we like to weigh the extremities of the situation um, we like to have a scale for things, a measure, a magnitude for things. Um, we as humans measure lying to be a lower magnitude of sin than we do mass murder, right? Because um, it helps us to gain an understanding of these situations. It helps us to respond, to react. We know in our our human inclination that we're not going to respond the same to uh a thief, a child who stole a sucker is the same way we're going to respond to um, someone who's threatening our livelihood. That's, that's how we respond. That's how we gain an understanding of how to respond is by having some sort of scale that we weigh these things on. But yet we know that in God's eyes, sin is sin, period. Sin is the separation, is separation from God. Oftentimes when we choose to please ourselves, when we choose to be stuck in our own mind about things, we're separating ourselves from the will of God. That's where sin comes down to. What the actual act of sin is, it does not matter. At the end of the day, it's sin, right? But what forgiveness does is it, it shows us that at the core, despite the magnitude of the situation, at the core, that person is human and we're human. There's a relatability in such where we realize that either we've messed up before or our time to mess up is coming soon. We're all human. And forgiveness gives us that ability to remember that, to remind us of the fact that we're all reliant on Christ in these situations. Forgiveness is much like everything else, a process. We have to make our mind up and make our hearts up to forgive someone. But even then, it still can take time for it to manifest. It can still take time for it to become evident. You must allow yourself that time. If you're in a season of trying to forgive someone, sometimes it's going to take time. and You must allow yourself of that time, but be intentional with it. If you can feel anger arousing in your spirit, or you're beginning to reminisce or rethink about um, how someone has done you wrong, it's important to stop and pray. Uh, I, I often had to do this many times myself, right? There were times when I was irritated or frustrated about something, and I wouldn't pray to God about it because I felt that I needed to only approach God when I was at my best. Um, and I, I had a right heart and right intentions in doing so. I, I thought it was a sign of showing respect that I only wanted to be at my best when I talked with God. 
And I realized that that's not what God wants. God wants all of me. He wants the true me. He wants the complete me. Um, and that comes with low days and high days. It comes with some days where I'm mad and I don't even know why I'm mad, God, and I can't explain it to you, but I need you to fix it. And that's how we must be. Sometimes you got to realize, like, God, this is hard. And I thought I forgave this person, but I don't know. Um, but we must allow ourselves that process. And in the midst of that process, be reliant on God throughout it all. No matter what the situation is, the process is the same. It's just going to show God in deeper ways. We have to rely on him and be real with him and allow him to give us a spirit of forgiveness and ultimately the act of forgiveness. So be encouraged. I just wanted to spend some time touching on this subject. I'm praying that this word resonates with you in some way, some form, some fashion. Um, just be be mindful of the root of this supernatural forgiveness issue, the the problem, the discomfort that we have with this, the disdain that we have and such is the fact that it's, it tends to be an expectation that we forgive and that we do so quickly and that we move on quickly. And when you look at the root of that, it's really rooted in comforting the oppressor. It's rooted in helping them feel good, um, feel better, or gain a better handle on their situation. But yet it makes a public mockery of us and our pain and the pain that we continue to endure through. Let let the root of the problem be the root of the problem. Let's not associate forgiveness overall as a weakness. Let's not associate Christianity overall as a weakness because of this expectation to forgive. But let's realize that God is so much bigger than each of these situations. And though we may have our own perception of a problem, that doesn't give us the right to cancel out the, the entirety of Christianity. Let's give God his time to reveal himself and show why his way is always the right way. Again, I pray that this message touched you in some way. Feel free to hit us up with any uh, topics that you would like for us to discuss. Any questions, any comments based off of this, feel free to post it. Um, we have our email address which is truth, the letter N, transparencypodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram page, a Facebook page, like, follow, share, of course, all of those things. Um, but more importantly, express how you're feeling. If you can rate this episode um, on whatever platform that you use to listen to it, please do so. Leave your comments. Um, spread the word about the podcast. Let's build a community where we're growing together. Um, but yes, be encouraged, be blessed. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast. Man, I pray that you are blessed by the message. Feel free to email us any questions, any comments that you want us to cover at truth, the letter N, transparencypodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook page. Like, share, follow, do all of that. Spread the word so we can continue to grow a community. Bless you until next time.